0: Log Talk Radio of yours deserves a, a true experience and not a guilt trip from an angry little bald man hiding behind who vents I may be an angry little bald man, but I am an angry little bald man with a shiny, shiny, oh-so-shiny title belt. And, man, if, if we're being honest, I don't... I don't even think you believe yourself when you accuse the champ of attacking Alistair Black. I think what's going on here is is Velveteen Dream just wants attention. Well, Velveteen Dream everybody is listening. So why why don't you just be a man and admit it? The title says this is, this is this is the title. The title says, maybe, maybe you're just not tough enough. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Thank <laughs>
1: It's the one, the original, the crazy multiple wrestling personality disorder motherfucker, Brian Rails in the flesh. How's it going? And I'm here to discuss this thing called Telling Us All a Wrestling Story. Now, ladies and germs, we haven't spoken, or I haven't spoken directly to you in quite some fucking time. Now, Angel Fishes, the Monday Night Wars and that versus the Wednesday Night Wars, one company that is WCW, Changed the way that Vince McMahon Went about Doing his stick In professional wrestling No more cartoony characters No more you know Cockamamie bullshit And down to the canvas One two Oh my It turns into Good god almighty He's whipping him like a government mule The catchphrases from announcer currently, you know, announcing for AEW JR would soon be coined into phrases like Good God Almighty, it killed him. The ratings wars were a thing, right? They told each company had to tell you a story. Now some may argue this all began when the NWO I formulated when Kevin Nash and Scott Hall left WWF after that incident at Madison Square Garden to propel the Monday Night Wars. No, sir. It all, the seeds were planted when Hogan left, when Macho left, when Flair left. Sooner or later, soon follows, DiBiase, Piper. So when you back when you backtrack into the years of 96 through about 2004, WCW was non-existent after 2000. They came up just a little bit with the uh, story storyline angle with the Alliance and WCW being bought by Shane McMahon and ECW being bought out by Stephanie McMahon. So really... If we want to look into logistics as far as the Monday Night Wars versus the Wednesday Night Wars, one in particular made a whole lot of damn sense. Do you know why? Because it was organic and one was not beating the other one while it was already down. I'm referring to NXT versus AEW on Wednesday night. Come on. Hands down. AEW won that ratings war. Am I going to go over numbers to back up my fucking proof? Sure. Why not? Because did AEW win the Wednesday night wars with NXT? AEW's highest rating number. Okay. This is Diamond's best viewership number in this episode, October 2nd. 2019 placed second that evening in the cable top 150 with a 0.44 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic, the best key demographic since October 23rd, 2019 episode of dynamite. So looking into the Wednesday night wars, let's see here. They moved NXT moved from Tuesday night to Wednesday night, ahead of WrestleMania 37, NXT officially moved on April 13th, 2021 to USA Network. So, this is what happened. Following the end of the Wednesday Night Wars, both programs benefited in the Nielsen ratings. Direct competition, NXT's April 13th episode averaged 805,000 viewers with a 0.22 rating in the 18-49 demographic. On the debut episode of AEW, it took second of the 0.44, 18 to 49 demographic, the next key demographic rating since October 23rd, 2019. So, yeah, I mean, it's easy when you're the new shiny toy. Look, Dynamite, your cats on TNT. viewers, and this was during the MLB playoffs, like, I think some people are disenchanted with baseball, like a friend of mine, he doesn't really care for it, so maybe that's why they edged up, Dynamite was not aired due to coinciding with Christmas Day, so it aired on, let's see here. This index is kind of fucking confusing, and I'm not really going to read that, but the Wednesday Night Wars compared to the Monday Night Wars, yes, different time periods, and social media was kind of non-existent. Really, there was no Facebook, there was no Twitter, there was no Instagram. It was just AOL offline, dirt sheets from a longtime dirt sheet master, Dave Meltzer, trying to give you the skinny on what would happen... On WWE Raw, NXT, not NXT, WWE Raw, NXT was non-existent. That was OVW. You get the gist. The Monday Night Wars had the stars in place. And there were a lot of fantasy warfares inside magazines like Pro Wrestling Illustrated. God, you remember those days before they had offline crap, you know, you could download from Amazon or... You know, download on the site because the website designer basically designed it so that you could download articles and read. That wasn't the Monday Night War. Some people read the dirt sheets and some people, like, wah, and others were completely pleasantly surprised. With rivalries not only with Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin, but Vince McMahon against the entire founding fathers of the attitude era which propelled or helped propel the monday night wars with wcw wcw basically their strong point was their strong points were sting hogan luger hogan nash kevin nash goodness sake scott hall god rest your soul The entire nucleus or beginning of the Monday Night Wars compared to the nucleus beginning of the Wednesday Night Wars. Let me speak on that, shall I? The Monday
0: Night Wars.
1: They incited so much crap. Parents complained about the program now you know it's good if your parents don't want you watching this nonsense we call professional wrestling i mean after all seeing pay-per-views that cost 50 bucks man but i remember that the pay-per-views cost 50 dollars you had to order a box and you had to you get to watch things like starcade or bash at the beach Or Wrestlemania or Royal Rumble. I remember when they used to have it on at the bars and the pool halls and you got to sit and watch with a bunch of other fans. Now, thank God you get to watch at home and you don't have to worry about the weather, whether it's going to rain like crazy, snow like a motherfucker, or the as shit. Hot as fuck. The point is, the Monday night wars versus the Wednesday night wars. What are the main What were the main components that separate the two? Obviously, I said one, which was social media. The second one be the second factors would be. Let's see here. Storylines and feuds would last longer than a week, two weeks in some cases, four weeks. Hell, I don't. I don't know the timeline on feuds. All I know is that I'm going to list specific uh, superstars that were the fulcrums in this in these Monday Night or the Monday Night Wars, and that was Mick Foley, Degeneration X, Billy or Badass Billy Gunn, Road Dogg, Jesse James, China, Triple H, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Bret Hart, who kind of helped it along in '97. And if it wasn't for him leaving the company, I've said this before, if it wasn't for Bret Hart leaving the WWF, as was known back then, um, and the Montreal screw job not, you know, ha- or happening, well, a lot of history would have not happened. Would Stone Cold Steve Austin's career have taken off? Would uh, DX have been as big? I mean, granted, I really say the death of WCW was when Eric Bischoff kind of lit the fuse and and that kind of just came like one of them lame fireworks you buy from 4th of July. The poppers, it was the same effect as poppers hitting the ground and he stomping the shit out of them, right? Tonight, mankind, Mick Foley, will win the championship. I don't know about anybody else, but I've said this before on Live Air. Eric Bischoff stated those words instantly flipped the channel over to USA Network and watch the whole match regardless of what was said, because as a 13, 14-year-old dude going through hormonal changes and growing hair in places that shouldn't have been grown in, let me tell you, that was the best moment ever witnessed, right? Now, granted, let me look up the highest rating in WWE history, Okay. I have to, because they've been around for 40-plus years. So, let's see here. Highest rating in WWE history. 1999 was an 8.1 rating. The show's highest ever. And that was in Orlando, I believe, May 10th. Yeah, Orlando Arena. So, let's see here. It had fans getting ready for over the edge. You had Kane versus Billy Gunn. You had an in-ring promo. Who cares? Big Show versus Paul Bear. Wow. Deborah versus Cable. Who cares? Uh, th- 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 Big Boss Man versus Test. Cactus Jack versus Midian and Viscera. Farouk versus Bradshaw. Mean Street Posse versus the Stooges. Jeff Jarrett versus Val Venus. Ken Shamrock versus China. Six-man tag main event. Steve Austin, The Rock, Vince Shane, Triple H, and The Undertaker. And Shawn Michaels did it, you know. Let's see here. Special guest referee. Okay. Okay. Closing thoughts. The greatness of this episode is not necessarily about the quality of the matches, but the energy and momentum of the stories. Brings up a valid point. Every match had a purpose, and many of them fed into the bigger picture. A feud with great depth and various parts. It was particularly not. or a particularly hot night during a hot era. What can WWE learn from their most successful ratings-grabbing raw? Feuds have to be more complex than a wrestler. A is angry with wrestler B. They should overlap, be multidimensional, involve several big names. Unpredictability can be gold. Not me who wrote this, obviously. The mid card has to be valued and given ample... Oh, Jesus. Okay. I believe no, if you're mid card, main event, sub main, this guy's right. I mean, you should give him the ample amount of time. So it says... You can't recreate the adorations Hans had for The Rock, The Undertaker, and Austin. She got Triple H's name. Their music elicited explosive reactions every time. Stars of that magnitude may never come around again, or maybe they're on their way now. That's called NXT. Or what was left of NXT. Case in point, you had matches with... Okay, back in that era, there's a lot of college dudes watching in their dorms with sexy, scantily clad women like Sable or Deborah or Miss Kitty or the ones you know, saving grace was China. Because did anybody give two shits about women's matches back then? No. It was all about boobs and ass. Just plain and simple. It was all about ratings. And what can they do... To get it, the attention of their viewers. Will Vince screw over Stone Cold? Will Vince screw over Triple H? Will The Rock end up being victorious? I mean, you had an empty arena match. Mick Foley was a button for punishment during that era. He was a fulcrum in helping the lever that was WWE and levitate. And it helped. Balance, not balanced, but basically he was the unsung hero that won the Monday Night Wars during that time. Now let's flip sides and go to AEW versus NXT. You want to talk about beating someone while they're already down because Adam Cole was on his way out. Matt Riddle got called up to the main roster. Keith Lee at the time got called up to the main roster. Aleister Black... So the majority of everything that was good about NXT was slowly but surely leaving. And NXT UK, where, what, when, how, what happened to them? Most of their great names on their <laughs> roster got plucked. Stopped paying attention to them. And also the Me Too movement happened. So really, 2019 for AEW was great. 2020 comes. They're still getting names, and they're still, you know, falling after every name that releases itself from WWE. And if they say they haven't, that's a big, bold-faced lie. But I digress. The Wednesday Night Wars were a lot less enticing because, yeah... It was during the pandemic era, and AEW elicited a lot of ratings because they stayed in Jacksonville, and they paid no mind to the mask mandate. So that's besides the point. During a time in which this country was going through some bullshit, you know, it's hard as a wrestling fan to keep up with a virtual Thunderdome and basically stories that are appealing and mind-boggling from AEW – that won them the Wednesday Night Wars because, well, when you have st- stuff that's not allowed on TV, like blood and constant, you know, swearing and all this stuff, you're gonna get the attention of someone like me and other people and tune into your shit just to see what the hubbub was about. When you have people like Moxley. And later on, down the road, Brian Danielson, and (laughs) Malachi Black, formerly known as Aleister Black, and Keith Lee, and FTR, and of course, Cody Rhodes, the founder, and Chris Jericho. You had names coming out of the fucking woodwork for AEW, that's why it propelled them to the success they are, right, I would say, the mediocre success, but I know. That may be judging just a little bit or jumping the gun. Not really. AEW was successful from that time period versus NXT because it was like kicking someone while they were already down. And that, to me, doesn't really interest me. I'll watch both just so I can report on it, right? And I have big old fucking notebooks worth of Dynamite, NXT, Down, Raw, Because why? I tortured my fucking self to do that. That's besides the point, folks. So let's talk about numbers, shall we? You want to talk about really things that catch your attention, right? So last week's episode, speaking of AEW, their ratings were down 4.81%. From last week's episode which drew 977,000 viewers And let me list you this started out on January 5th of 2022 1.010 million viewers with a 0.43 rating in the 18-49 demographic Not to bore you with fucking numbers folks but here goes The TBS premiere episode 969,000 with a 0.39 in the eighteen forty nine. January 19th 1.032 million January 26th 1.100 million, February 2nd 954,000, February 9th 1.129, February 16th 869,000, February 23rd 1.010, March 2nd 966,000, March 9th 945 grand Revolution episode, March sixteenth, nine hundred and ninety three thousand viewers. Hmm, let's see here. Okay. So reading off these numbers, folks, is not surprising to me. Because oh, on the Saint Patrick's Day slam episode, almost a million nine hundred and ninety three thousand. That's a lot of people viewing you know, tuning into wrestling. And we're not taking anything away from AEW's talent. We're not bas- I'm not bashing them. I'm just telling you, after three years since their inception, since they came to the wrestling world, has it helped in any way, shape, or form avert fans' attention from the one company that seemed to be flunking big time when it came to drawing fans in, keeping them entertained during the pandemic, You know, um, it begs the question, though, if all these numbers, you know, and and if you're all about ratings, are you really telling the story? Because, I mean, Darby Allin's feuded with how many people? MJF has feuded with Wardlow. Thank God they're keeping consistency on that. I mean, for the love of God... And all that is good and decent. I would like to know. Speaking of how we're telling the story. Has everyone forgotten the basic fundamentals of professional wrestling is? You know, some fans still want to be told the story and not left in the dust. And some fans want to read the dirt sheets and point out all the fucking mishaps and botches. And I don't give two fucks or I don't give two shits about mistakes or botches or 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 did you see what went wrong in this match no I don't give two fucks I just want to watch wrestling if two guys can get in the ring or two women can get in the ring and tell the audience their story and keep it fucking going that's great because all the numbers are just read off okay 999,000 people, or 993,000 people tuned in to watch one wrestling show? Gee, you know, for the time period that is currently speaking, that's great. But it's not 8.1, which was, God, that was 23 years ago. And you guys, that's the big time number for wrestling, getting over a million or close to a million. It's like what Booker T said about Tony Khan. It's like, if you are so concerned about ratings, sir, you like the schoolgirl in the schoolyard brat about how you get all the bo- the good-looking, ha- handsome boys, but really what you are is one big hoe. If you're concerned about numbers more so than you are your story because your talent gets bored and complacent because you have over 100 people on your roster. And on top of that... WWE, they have a brand split going on right now. They have stories that don't really, you know, they kind of appear for a bit like it was a great feud going on between so-and-so and then, I guess that's a common thing now. I became disenchanted with it, man. I mean, I watched WrestleMania live. I thought it was great that Cody returned. But thank, I believe that he's trying to tell a story of a comeback. Thank God someone's trying. AEW, boy, you know what? I have to actually sit down and watch Dynamite for me to sit and say, boy, you guys are telling a great story. With MJF and Wardlow, not just those two. But now Darby Allen's shooting with Andrade Al I believe that Zelina Vegas should have gone with you, sir. His wrestling ain't the problem. It's his motor mechanic speaking skills that need fucking flippin' work. Oh, one talk sting. God loved the man, he's a legend, he's great, but you have, he's doing dives off of balconies, and dives off of barricades, and living to tell the fucking tale, that's just one thing that I, I want to point out, folks, is that no matter what, AEW's doing. I mean, if you sometimes you're gonna hit a snag, viewership's gonna go down. If you have any questions, folks, by the way, it's wrestle underscore radio on Instagram, wrestle radio network forward slash Facebook dot com. But anyways, as I was saying, the talent is there. You have the Hardys. For Christ's sake, you have Matt and Jeff. You've got Darby Allen. Brian Cage might be returning. Who fucking cares? You have Hangman Adam Page, you've got CM Punk, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, for the time being, FTR. You've got a tag team division that is all over the joint, a women's division that really has no identity to it, despite the fact that Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa carried said women's division for AEW. Oh, and being dead honest here, if you want to tell us, the audience, a story for some of us, all you really have to do is keep a few that at least last for about ooh, four to six weeks and even into a pay-per-view. And that might help you. Also, when you book matches, don't book a main event and your first fucking match. That is highly confusing to me. That Tony Khan would go on a podcast and say, I booked better than Eric Bischoff. The motherfucker beat WWE for 83 weeks straight. He had a booking team. J.J. Dillon. Kevin Sullivan. So on and so forth. Tony Khan books by himself. And what does that have to do with telling fans a story? It gets highly confusing when you have all these names and you only re- – <laughs> let's see here. Out of all those hundred superstars, let's see how many actually work on your show. Hmm. There's battle royals that fill the void. And I'm not even going to need the sound of a Damn! It's the honest-to-God truth, folks. I would rather be told a story, even if some may consider it to be mundane, redundant, repetitive. It's called professional wrestling, dudes. There's no such thing as like you don't... In wrestling, it's going to be... The same concept or something's going to be repeated. Some idiot's going to, hey, that story happened twenty-two years ago, blah blah blah. But it was between this person and that person. But the only difference was, I don't have fucking time to listen to that kind of shit. What I am interested in is if it's a good physical fight. It doesn't have to include color. Now, if it's a dog collar match, a cage match, hell. Why not just give us three times, or actually, one million Texas death matches for Hangman Adam Page? Because the story is going to go stale between him and fucking Adam Cole. Same shit we've already, some fans have already seen a time or two. I'm not understanding why some of professional wrestling, the concepts, have been lost, archived, put away, locked in the fu- And what's hilarious, I just noticed this The forbidden fourth wall, the forbidden wall pay-per-view Like, really? So is this going to be another pay-per-view Where it includes color and a whole bunch of swearing And a whole bunch of edgy shit that goes on And a lot of risks that be taken by AEW I don't have a fucking problem with some of that What I do, however, have an issue with is You know that's going to shave the The life off of some of these guys' careers And some of these guys will tell you Oh, I do it for the adrenaline Really? So, uh, you do This for not the crowd But the adrenaline rush The stuff that makes the world go round Because you get sliced open And beat the fuck out of And that makes you feel great I don't, you know Some guys are fucking out there, dude When it comes to this thing This crazy Ragnarok We call professional wrestling all I'm asking is tell me a story. It doesn't have to include so much violence that I get nothing from it and say to myself, "Gee, you know, it'd be wonderful if you guys could go beyond the concept or the thinking, conceptual thinking of we have to we have to have color." Literally this is the thing that has bothered me about AEW ever since it's been around. WWE may not include color, but, I mean, they're still telling a story. Whether they get color or not from, you know, a fatal four-way or a cage match or an elimination chamber, that matter. Because we've grown to know the kind of expectations get from Nick Conn, Bruce Prichard, and Vince McMahon, and Triple H, and so on and so forth. I'm not interested in backstage politics, guys. I'm interested in those guys and gals who put their careers online every day, risking life and limb just to entertain you and me. I want to, and others want to be told a fucking story. We don't want a 11-minute promo where a guy's sitting in a chair and saying, how about it, and flips him off. I mean, really, at this point, oh, we're trying to go for the edge on this. The, we're trying to convey the hatred between Adam Payne and Adam Cole. Or we're trying to convey it by saying, boy, you know, that joke over – those jokes over in Connecticut, that clown show. The subtle jabs worked for about a year and a half. And, yes, there's that's the friendly spirit and competition, you know, in pro wrestling because you're going to feel – Going to feel like man this is intense Well if you haven't already Heard There's a thing called the Monday Night Wars And boy the stories I can tell you Of putting VHS's Into the VCR And my dad showing Me how to Record Ahead of time and when to end The recording Because it was wrestling So how to put this organic You can feel the sincerity behind the stories, even if the NWO did kill WCW, and it overshadowed the rest of the talent and prompted groups like LWO and, you know, BWO in ECW. I mean, it's just, it begs the fucking question, where have all the stories gone, where's all the storytelling gone in pro wrestling? It doesn't matter if it's a few like a long drown out story angle between Darby Allen and MJF or MJF and Wardlow, or Orange Cassidy and whomever the fuck that dude wrestles. I Means he wrestles like someone feuds with someone different every other week. It's really hard to keep up nowadays when it comes to. Who's feuding with whom? What I'm talking about also is, let's add to this whole fucking mix of discussing how to tell a story. Pro wrestling, it's different when you come from the indies, right? Where my guest said it best, thank you, Chuck. Some people who go to watch these wrestling shows may not know the stories between Joe Schmo and Joe Blow, they come in thinking, well, this shit's fake anyways. I'm just going to enjoy these two guys beating the fuck out of each other. And it doesn't really hurt them. Some people are like that, guys. You can't change your mind. And to answer your question, Kevin, um, I'm going to tell you the reason why I'm going on a tangent about this shit is because some fans want the predictability that comes with pro wrestling with some stories In some, you know, twisted way. And also some fans like me don't want to be told this is gonna be the result. This is who's going to win that. That's like a spoiler alert for me a Marvel film. I don't want to I don't want to know the spoilers at the end, end film credits and I don't want, you know, to know what happens some may say, well, if you read the comics, that irritates me too. But enough about what irritates me. Let's get back to the bread and butter of this whole fucking discussion. When you watch professional wrestling, not you, it all depends on what you're looking for. Are you looking for blood and guts? Are you looking for what tells a story? Are you looking at, man, this match was great. It's funny as shit. Are you a comedian? Are you, you know a comical wrestling fan? I mean, there's so many layers to peel away like an onion of a wrestling fan. It's like okay, some read the internet, some don't care. I am the one percent, actually maybe two percent that don't care what's what Meltzer says or what you know wrestling. Newswire says, unless it's like about an injury or what happened post Cody Rhodes leaving AEW or some shit like that. I want to be told a fucking story from point A to point Z. And if you can't do that as a wrestler, then give a fuck. I'm just going to move on to the next wrestler that can tell me a story that is appealing. That makes me want to watch you and buy your fucking t-shirt. Do you know how long it's been, folks, since I bought a fucking shirt because of less vested interest in this ratings war bullshit that Tony Khan is propagandizing really bad? I'm not holding back. I really am not, because I know I'm not going to be employed by AEW by any stretch of the means, but am I not going to express how I feel, what's going on, when I've observed what I've seen. Do you know what my shows have entailed when it comes to this point? So, (laughs) while we're on that, here's a little something-something for you. I, let's see here. Mm Okay. Okay. The following content presented on this Pro Wrestling Podcast Wrestle Radio Network profile belongs to the owner, Brian Rails. You do not have permission to use, copy, reproduce the content from all episodes recorded and shared on social media. All content is protected by U.S. and international copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without permission from the owner is strictly prohibited and can be punishable by law. Failure to comply will result in legal action taken. All Rights Reserve Wrestle Radio Network and Beyond the Tracks Incorporated 2022. So, folks, without any music intro, I'm just going to go into what I've been saying the whole entire fucking shebang show. If you can write for a wrestling company, you can write what they say on the mic, but then you let them... T- the story in the ring with their fists with their feet whatever more intrigued on the person that's off the wall and not cookie cutter and that includes baby face that includes heel i don't care well i would rather prefer the heel that's fine like every fucking wrestling fan that comes out of the woodwork to say i like the villain do you know why that is I like somebody that is an antagonist versus someone that is well-beloved and liked and probably smooches with the boss's ass, you know, with some chapstick. I don't care for those characters. I, personally speaking, want someone like a Nikki Cross or a Tommaso Ciampa or, you know, even as most people complain about him, a Randy Orton. Now, I just listed off WWE, and most have been under the impression that I'm the WWE guy. Allow me to elaborate that I'm not. I care a great deal for professional wrestling, but I'm not going to go on a 14-minute tangent about what needs to be done, how it needs to be done. I'm just going to give you the meat and potatoes, a little bit of butter And some chives, if you like that kind of thing, right? Professional wrestling from the get-go has always been looked at as something. Oh, that fake shit. Oh, see, they just standing on the mic and talk. I can do that. There used to be a time when you sat and watched it. Now we got phones. And so it really doesn't matter. Because we'll be on our phone, off our phone if something interesting happens, we'll watch the replay and still be on our phone. It's a social media era that's you know dominating the way fans watch wrestling. I come from picky picky fickle fickle area the East Coast is heavy on a e w I see people wearing sweatshirts, T-shirts, because they say AEW does what WWE doesn't. And that's, they're violent. They include swearing. Um, They have five-star quality matches. The females bleed. And they show, you know, they show what WWE can't. It's like, well, it's always good to have variety is my response. You like what you like. You dislike what you dislike. Well, I stopped. And then it goes into an explanation war. I stopped watching that WWE because it just wasn't, it just became one big pass the mic type thing. Again, all I'm asking is for, if you're a wrestling promoter or company, tell me a story. Don't leave us hanging. I like You know, both companies. I don't particularly watch Impact or NWA or New Japan Pro Wrestling. Hell, dude, I barely turn on NXT anymore. It's all about preference and personal choice. When you tune in, when you're vested in watching pro wrestling. I think that's the beauty part about this. Some people are still vested in watching it. I've watched all the way from the indies, to NXP, to some of OVW's old tapings, and let me tell you something. Wrestling has stayed the same in some aspects, and it's changed in a lot, in part to the current, like I said, it's changed in part and it's telling different stories, but the stories that you're being told? They only last for so long because we all have short attention spans. We all click one click and we're, you know, satisfied. We get Amazon. We got walmart.com. With wrestling, you see these guys perform in ring, out of ring. And what stories are we really being told? Can any wrestling fan stand up and say, man, AEW had a great night. I really enjoyed the the stuff they presented on Dynamite tonight. Some people can, and some people can't. My friend Chris back in Columbia can tell you the reason why I tune into AEW is because they've got pretty much most of his favorite people, like Jeff Hardy, Matt Hart, the Hardy Boys, Christian, Luchasaurus. I don't know if it's Chris's favorites because he's kind of demented and he likes Britt Baker. Damn! Sorry, natural reflex. The point is, everyone likes what they like. How that story gets told to them is up to them. But from my perspective, my personal observation, my personal opinion, when we all... Sit and watch wrestling We're not going to feel away The same way That I do Does my opinion Outweigh most of yours? No But it does have valid points Wrestling If you, if we're not interested We sit there on our phones Fiddle faddle around on it Look on what's uh, what's pending in our Netflix series Or um We also look and see what's available on Amazon if we should reorder something. Get so janked or jaded because I'll give you some good things to uh, go off of. Yeah, wrestling is a way; it's a form of escape. But this whole ratings war, I ain't surprised. Because I knew WWE wasn't gonna be the only sheriff in town. I also knew that when I watch a match when it's AEW, know that they're gonna do more than just dives. They're also going to do super kicks and crazy outlandish shit that no human being should be doing, but they do it anyway, Sammy Guevara. Cutters off of barricades, cutter off cutters off of ladders. Sting dives off of barricades, dives off of balconies. Not just dives, dude. It's the simple fact that when some people say, well, we're telling you a story, aren't we, damn it? That depends on what wrestlers classify as telling the fans a story. A lot of wrestlers have reason to believe that, well, they're doing this thing called entertaining us. Really? I mean if you're trying to get fans to get buy into we're the better brand, can y'all do this thing called wrestle and not just have battle royals or specialty matches or brand splits? And I haven't like I said, the only time that I have in between purchasing shit I haven't ordered from WWE and their catalog and so long, I've been tempted to get something of AEW, but, you know, you know, outside of CM Punk and outside of certain regard, you know, certain things and certain elements that they stand by or certain guidelines that they act on guidelines, certain representations that they stand by. It's kind of hard to vest my interest in them. As far as, you know, watching their shit I have to. It shouldn't feel like a fucking chore to watch you. I should be I wanna watch you because fill in the blank. Am I have I stopped watching wrestling? hmm Here and there admittingly and they're like, Why are you doing the job? As again, I said, it's an escape. It's an escape from the bullshit that I normally deal with. I mean, you get work. You got work. You either work a nine to five or you do this thing for a living. So tell me a fucking story. Don't flip-flop it so much to the point where fans lose interest in you, some of us. Which brings me to my closing points, dudes. And dudettes. Pro wrestling is like a fucking relationship. You love it, you hate it, you love it, you hate it, you want to be a part of it, you become a part of it, then you get burned out by it, then you divorce it, then you come back to it, then you divorce it again. And in that time period was I told stories. Yeah, in the locker room. And, you know, witnessing it up front, up close and personal, dudes, in the ring, out of the ring, behind the scenes, you name it. Pro wrestling now to start telling us genuine fucking stories. That's it. Point blank, period. So, um am going to end the show a little differently, you know, rather than, uh
0: At Hampton by Hilton.
1: Oh, I kind of messed up. Okay, cool. Nah, man. I don't think so. You kind of have to, bro. So I'm just going to end it with a little party, if you will. So enjoy. I'm just going to play it through a certain amount, all right? Okay. All right, cue it up. And if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Enjoy. How you doing?
0: This is a party, huh? You have a word to guess, them, huh? We your party. Here it is. We brought the party.